Don't be ashamed to learn things that you need to know. Here's Sexplanations with Dr. Doe. Episode 67 of the Sexplanations podcast. At the beginning of Sexplanations, I was at VidCon during this week uh, four or five years ago. And now I am here with Emily. We are hanging out on a purple and yellow couch (laughs) and couches and open to any conversation that you want to have about sexuality or life in general. Sounds Um, great. Yeah. So long as we have fun. That's my objective. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So thanks for hanging out. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. It's kind of weird being on the the front side of this. I've always helped you out on the the back scenes of sexplanations, but I've never been on the couch. Yeah. So this is great. <laughs> yeah, on the couch. Originally, like many of the guests, you were a student. Yep. And I would love it if you would tell the story of your growth in class because it's one of my favorites. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite stories to tell. Um, just kind of interesting. I, I've always had a, this kind of fascination with human sexuality for personal growth. Growing up, I had a purity ring because um, I was following the Jonas Brothers on that one <laughs> with the whole purity ring thing and staying a virgin till marriage. And, you know, I had all of those Christian values growing up. But at the same time, I also was very interested in learning about sexuality. So I figured, you know, someday down the line, whenever, you know, I do become sexually active, I want to be able to make sure that I'm I'm safe and mm. protecting myself and that I actually know what I'm doing and don't look <laughs> stupid. <laughs> and I was really excited to sign up for your human sexuality class in school. I was like, oh, great. Here's, you know, a good resource to teach myself. Um, my mother was not so thrilled that I was taking the class, but I kind of had to swing it like, hey, it's, you know, I'm going to be learning. Mm-hmm. It's going to be <laughs> useful for when I'm older. And I came into the class very unsure of myself. I remember being uncomfortable by a lot of things, um, terminology, subjects, all that. But I was still very keen to learn. I was just uncomfortable and didn't like to talk about it. And you had us do a project in the class. There were different groups, and each group had a different project. And I was in one that was, uh, I think it were four or five of us, that went around campus asking people to like what their reaction was on the song, I Just Had Sex. And they interviewed me as well. We all interviewed ourselves pretty much to add to the video. Like, I just had sex. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And And this was a, I think I remember assigning like an open-ended do something related to sexuality. And then you're saying that you chose to have your project be around interviews of yeah, the, the group chose, because I was like, I don't, know, I don't know how I feel about this. Okay. But the group chose to have us get people's reactions to the song I Just Had Sex and make it kind of like a music video type thing in between. Yeah. We were goofy and silly, and it was Good. at the time that Gangnam Style came out, so there was a little of that thrown in the video, too. Um, and I remember watching the video at the end of the semester— and in the video, I'm sitting there, and they're still like, what did you do? Uh, what did you think about, you know, I, the video I just had sex? And I'm sitting there on a couch, and I'm like, oh, I don't, I didn't like, I don't like it. It makes me very uncomfortable. I, I don't like how they talk about putting, putting his penis inside her vagina and stuff. And I'm standing there watching this in your class like, that was me? Wait, that was me? What? Because I'd progressed from that video 
And then going around campus and asking all these people questions and blowing up condom balloons on the oval and going to sex shops and reading books on sex and watching documentaries and stuff. And I grew so much and became so comfortable with myself as a person, became comfortable with my body, became confident about myself as a sexual being. So by the time that the semester ended, I was such a different person than the beginning of that class, when I watched myself in the video, I did not recognize myself. I did not have the same feelings that I had at the beginning of the class. I wasn't uncomfortable about saying penis or vagina or anything like that. Um, and it was very shocking to see to see how close-minded I had been at the beginning of the class and kind of enlightening to see how much I had grown just in a single semester class. It was one of the greatest experiences of my entire college career was taking your class because it helped me grow so much as a person and be comfortable with who I am and find out who I am as a person and not who others wanted me to be as a person. Mm, I'm having so many feelings right now. <laughs> the, let's see. I'm feeling really proud of you that you opened yourself up to that. I'm feeling in awe of a of former life experiences, you know, I don't teach anymore, and so I don't know that sexplanations has that deep and wide of an impact. I mean, it affects a lot of people, but in four minute ways, not in a fifteen week course. I'm feeling happy. You seem like that is a positive change for you, and right now, just yes. sitting across from you and and knowing that you're open to the experience of. Talking on a public platform about your sexuality is huge. Yes. <laughs> it's just, this is just such a big deal. I'm having so many feelings. I, I mean, I grew so much. I went to, from being someone who did not talk about any of that to a person who I'm at a bar talking to a stranger and I'll tell them anything they want to know pretty much about sex and sexuality and my own personal self to a limit. But still, like, I'm very comfortable with pretty much any subject. And kind of to go to the extreme of that, I'm very fascinated in the taboo. And I think I get a little bit of that from you. What? With, <laughs> what <is this? laughs> with some of the some of the stuff that you taught us in class about like the sexually repressed cultures and the sexually open cultures and the different taboos that surround sex. I became very fascinated in that mm. taking your class. And from a psychological standpoint, I'm very fascinated because I want to know what makes people tick, what makes people like these things, what makes people like these fetishes or be sexually attracted to different objects or something like that. You know, I picked that up from your class and I kind of ran with it. And it, I know it makes some of some of my family uncomfortable mm -hmm. because they don't like they don't like hearing about that kind of stuff. And sometimes I forget that people don't like hearing about that kind of stuff. So I'll be talking about like really weird taboo things. And they're like, can we not talk about this right now? I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tone it down a little. <laughs> That's cool of them to ask and to express their boundaries. Yeah. So um, have you found that in your own life? What do you mean? So oftentimes I will be curious about other people's experiences and wonder, oh, why Why are they like that? Why are they, why are they different than me? Mm -hmm. And what's really helpful is just to turn the question on its head and say, okay, what, why am I this way? Why am I different than them? And have you found that in your own life where? Yeah, I, I definitely have. 
I remember during during your class, I was struggling myself with I wouldn't necessarily maybe at the time I would have said strange desires, but I wouldn't necessarily say that now. But I remember um, I've always been interested in heartbeat, and it's always been very very important to me, kind of in a sexual way. Um, it can be like an arousal type mm-hmm. thing for me. It can be a comforting thing for me. Sometimes if I'm having a bad day, all I want to do is just listen to a calming heartbeat. But sometimes I need it for more. And I was struggling with that. I had been struggling with that for a long time growing up in a Christian household and where a lot of sexual things were taboo. Um, I felt very uncomfortable just talking about it. And you were the first person that I ever disclosed that with. And you had encouraged me to look at some websites um, similar to like FetLife and things like that that were specifically designed around interest in the human heartbeat, human heart and stuff. And that's helped me grow a lot. Um, I've actually, because of that, I was able to open up to more people um, in my life about it. Um, My boyfriend knows about it and it's helped me understand who I am. And on that same same level, for a long time, I struggled with my own sexuality, not feeling comfortable, not com- feeling comfortable around the idea of having sex. Um, some of it I thought came from, you know, growing up having a purity ring, the whole idea of, of being a virgin until marriage. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, maybe psychologically that had impacted me. And I'm sure it has in some ways when it comes to being intimate with my partner. Because you're not married. I'm not married. And no. you're sexually active. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Which which is it's been a secret and it hasn't. Some of my family, I'm so sure they know that I'm sexually active at this point, but we've never had that discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much all my friends know because when it comes to peer groups, you're a lot more open usually with them about your sexual status. But I still struggled with it after years and years of of relationship and I kept kept trying to explain it in my own mind like okay so maybe it came from me being abstinent when I was younger and having that idea of no sex until marriage Um, I was in a long-distance relationship for a long time I'm now living with my partner who I was in a long-distance relationship with so I thought maybe okay well we're long distance Mm -hmm. and it's hard to be sexually active when you're long distance Mm -hmm. just because long distance um but I always felt uncomfortable about doing things over like Skype or, you know, any any of the platforms like that. I was very uneasy about it. Okay, well, maybe that, you know, that's the issue. It'll get better when we get together. And then we got together and moved in together. And it still wasn't, it still wasn't there. And I was like, oh, maybe it's just because I'm tired because I'm working all the time. And he's working all the time. And we don't, like, our schedules sometimes don't match up. So... Maybe that's why I'm not feeling sexually, you know, turned on. But it just, I kept giving myself excuses and not figuring out the problem, so to speak. And it was becoming really frustrating. It was becoming really hard on my partner and I. I, For a while, I kept asking him, like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, are you sure you still want to be together? Because I don't feel like I can fulfill you and I don't want Mm -hmm. you to be stuck with me if, you know, I can't do that for you because I know how important it is for you. And he, you know, kept reassuring me, I love you. I want to be with you. We'll work through it no matter what. Um, And that was very helpful because I had a long, long time that I was really doubting myself and thinking that something was really wrong with me. 
and that we just didn't match up. And I looked at my birth control I was taking. I did research trying to see, you know, maybe my birth control is making me not want to have sex mm-hmm. or maybe I have a hormonal imbalance or it's because I am heavier and I'm having mental issues of accepting myself and my own weight and I feel uncomfortable in my body, which all those little things can can come together to create that. It still just wasn't, it wasn't changing things. And I was becoming really frustrated. He was becoming really frustrated. And I ended up reading an article online about a woman who had been married, got married to a man through an arranged marriage. Mm Mm-hmm. And he hadn't touched her, done anything, you know, after they got married for like six months. She went on this online forum and she was like, what's wrong? Like, I know it's an arranged marriage, but like, I don't understand why he won't take me, like all this kind of stuff. And as I was reading the comments underneath that forum, I came across a couple of people who talked about having asexual partners and their experiences of being a sexual person dating someone who's asexual and maybe saying, hey, maybe, you're, maybe your husband's asexual. Maybe he just doesn't want to do anything with you. And I started reading these comments and it was like I was reading about myself. Mm. And I have a couple of friends who are on the asexual spectrum. So I messaged them and I was like, hey, you know, I'm thinking that I might be asexual, but I'm just not sure. I just don't know enough about the the whole community and I don't want to just like put myself in there and feel like an imposter because I don't quite fit you know I don't want to make like push that puzzle piece down where it doesn't belong whoa and that's an amazing <laughs> perspective okay <laughs> and uh I messaged them and they both you know I messaged them told them everything that I was feeling you know there was nothing was held back mm-hmm. and they talked amongst each other on the group <laughs> chat and they're like hmm well what about this and oh, how do you feel about this and what happens if you do this and eventually by the end of it they're like yeah we think that you might be part of the the asexual community so they gave me a couple of definitions that mm-hmm. sounded like what I might be mm-hmm. and had me research them and then mm-hmm. I come back and be like mm, well this one doesn't quite fit because I don't feel this mm-hmm. or I don't do that and we finally figured out that I am a romantic asexual so I don't have sexual desires. I don't think about sex, um, but I can still get turned on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's to a specific thing or a person. So like for my partner, I love him more than anything in the world and I would do anything for him. So I'm willing to have sex with him, but only him. He's the only one I desire. But even then, he has to, he has to initiate because I'm just not going to think about it. I just don't think about it. It's just the way that my my personality and my body is. I just mm-hmm. don't think about sex. I can't get turned on, you know, just, just like that. It takes a while, and sometimes I'm just not at all. But I'm still willing to do it with him because I get fulfillment out of the fact that he gets fulfillment mm-hmm. in some way. But he has to understand that my mind isn't in it. Mm-hmm. Even if my heart is, my mind isn't in it and I'm doing it just for him. I don't get anything from it. Yeah. So it's been a struggle, um, but it's gotten better. Um, we just have to figure out because it's been so so new of a, 
an experience. I only figured all of this out in like April or May. Wow. So it's been very, very new experience. Um, I also went to my first Pride, um, like big city Pride in Seattle. And as, as an asexual and had a little anatomical heart pin that has the ace colors on it. And, <laughs> and it was great, um, but it was a very strange experience because for so long I've always been an advocate um, or an ally, I should say. I've always been an ally of the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. So going to Pride Parade, Pride Celebration for the first time as someone in the community, I felt very strange. You did? I, I did. I felt like I was an imposter. I felt like I didn't belong there in that respect because it was so new mm-hmm. because yeah. I hadn't, you know, I, I I thought about it and the idea of like so many people here have experienced prejudice, have experienced bullying and being kicked out of their family's homes and, you know, so many other things that happen to the LGBT community just in everyday life. And because I was so new to the community as being part of it, and I had not really experienced any of those prejudices or bullying or anything. I felt like it, I didn't belong. I felt like I was taking part of something that wasn't mine. And I had to keep thinking in my head, like, but I am part of this community, even though I don't have the same life experiences, the same struggles that a lot of other people have had in the past. So I had to just kind of rethink it in my mind because mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to take a part of something that didn't belong to me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'd always tried to do before, you know, being an ally. You're there to support. You're not there to take the credit. Mm-hmm. So I had to kind of change my whole mindset of how I viewed myself as a person. Wow. And the fears that I've had, too, just kind of realizing that I can't really tell some people that I work with about who I am because I'm afraid of things that they might say because there was backlash when I went to work after going to pride and they're like why did you go to that stupid thing or whatever and because I, I work you know somewhere it's very conservative so yeah <sighs> it, it's been an interesting summer for me as far as my own my own sexuality goes so on top of that not knowing if I'm completely straight as well so, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Lots going on I've since like, I saw I've, you. Yes, a lot has happened since I saw you, and I have to credit you for a lot of it because if I hadn't had the resources, the teaching that you'd given me, I probably would still be lost and not know who I am because I didn't have the resources that you've helped me find. Oh, <laughs> Emily, that's so sweet. <laughs> Well, then I'm glad that we got connected in this world. Me too. (laughs) It's awesome. It's awesome to hear um, what you've been up to and how resourceful you are at, uh, you know, from reading the articles to picking apart the process and having the conversations and going back to it. And I think it's such a good model for people who don't have that sense of knowing that they they think society expects them to to just know Mm -hmm. and uh it's pretty darn cool that you can offer um, a model for the exploration process. Thank you. <laughs> Very cool. So um, any other new things going on in your world? <laughs> um, I mean, I've been taking a lot of like online classes, free classes on 
um, sex and reproduction and Whoa. all of that. Because um, for those of you out there who don't know, she has inspired me to kind of follow in her footsteps. So I want to be a sexual health educator. Is um, the she me? Am I yes, the she? Yes, okay. the she. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, yes, I... I kind of want to follow in your footsteps and educate. I also want to be a uh, sexual assault advocate who goes into the hospitals with um, patients who have had something traumatic happen to them to kind of be that liaison between the doctors and the nurses Mm. who are taking evidence Mm -hmm. and the person who's just gone through a traumatic experience and, you know, kind of be able to watch. So, like, if the doctor's doing something and the person's getting really agitated to be able to just, you know, like, say, okay, let's step back for a second. Let's take a breather, calm down the person, and, yeah. you know, try to keep the chain of evidence. Yeah. That's something that I've gotten interested in doing recently. So I've been taking a lot of online classes just to keep keep things fresh because mm-hmm. I plan on coming back to school next year and finishing out my degree so that I can get a job in my field because it's hard to get a, a job in the field when you don't have a degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Wow. That, that's all big news. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of what's new on my end. When was the last time we saw each other? Oh, goodness. I feel like it was last year just before I moved out of state. I oh, saw yeah. you briefly. And you were wearing earrings made, made out of fishing lure. That oh, was yes. so beautiful. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, okay, so last year, fishing lure earrings. I think we were... Uh, we went for lunch or coffee. Okay. I can't remember which. But yeah, it was just like it was a week before I was going to move because my move happened really fast. And I was trying to see everybody that I could possibly see. Before I left. Well, it's been an exciting year. It has. The podcast is well on its way. Um, We're gearing up for Sexplanations Road Tour. Nice. I know. That's exciting. I got an RV. (laughs) It has three beds. Well, it has... It has two beds and the table, like the little kitchen dinette thing, Mm -hmm. turns into a bed. Wow. Yeah. I feel like a boxcar child. Do you know the boxcar (laughs) children? Um, kind of I'm familiar, but I don't think I've ever seen any of any of it. Read it or because they're books, right? They're yeah. books, and then they didn't yeah. they make a TV show or movie yeah, or something. I've, I've so I've never experienced any of the media, but I'm aware. <laughs> of well, what it it, is. it's a beautiful RV, but it makes me feel like a boxcar child in in the way <laughs> of like problem solving how to live with minimal resources, right? So there there's this family of four children who don't have parents and they end up moving into this train box car. And okay. Then, oh, I found a cup today. <laughs> and it only has one tiny chip in it. <laughs> and it's uh so exciting for them. And when they they gave me a tour of the inside of the R V and I found this hole in the the floor and I was like what is this and then I realized that it's so that you can put another you you like take the tabletop off and you take the legs up and you put in shorter legs and move it down and then it turns into a bed and I was so excited that I had that same moment of like it's a teacup it's so cool look at now I have a a new toy yeah so you're taking your children with you when you tour no, no they're all grown up Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> because you've met both my kids. Um uh yeah, one is she's 18 living on her own and the other is she's 17 but graduated 
from high school early. So she is going to Missoula College. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that is definitely, I didn't realize. Like, I still remember them when they were so little. (laughs) Yeah, no, they're all grown up. And um, I have this partner who's incredible. He's going to go on the road tour with me. Nice. And um, what else is new in my life? My health is pretty good. I got a massage this morning. Oh, that sounds nice. Oh, it was (laughs) so good. It was so good. I asked her to start with the scalp because that's that's the best part. And mm-hmm. it, when when somebody starts touching my head, then I just conk out and it, like, I'm yeah, the exact I'm, same way. <laughs> I'm missing out on everything else. But at least my brain isn't running the whole time. So that was fun. And what else is new? Yeah, my sex life is amazing. Good. Um, lots of sex surprises. So I d- did this video on Sex One Nation's YouTube channel of the sexual surprises that I've had. Um, over time, but also recently. And that kind of encapsulates just how my, I, I thought that I had kind of figured out sexuality in my 30s that, like, oh, yeah, this is what it's going to look like. Yay. I, of course, I've figured it out. I've yeah. been studying this and I've been practicing it. Like, <laughs> I've got sex down. And then to have a different partner with different techniques and ambitions um, has shown me that there's a sexuality that. I'm leveling up, Emily. (laughs) It's really fun. That sounds fun. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. No no new stuff about my identity. I mean, I guess um, I read Ethical Slut with my book club. So I have this book club to motivate me to read the books. I have that one. I haven't read it yet. (laughs) Oh, it's really, really good. And I read it and I I identify as an ethical slut now. I think you will, too, when you read it. <laughs> but other than that, um, not many identity changes or body changes or epiphanies. Just life is pretty dang good. Yeah. Yeah. I can say the same. Yeah. I'm feeling so much better now that I've figured things out. <laughs> good. <laughs> at least figured things out in this level. Because <laughs> I kind of think about life and sexuality and sex being an ever evolving creature mm. like you're never just one thing mm-hmm. there's always so many choices and experiences that you come across in your life that can change your whole perception on everything as i've read a lot about it of, of people who were heterosexual their whole life they never had any thoughts of of anything except heterosexuality and they were married to the same person for like 40 years and that person dies and they go through their mourning process and you know rediscovering who they are as a person without their partner and somewhere along the lines finding someone of the same same identification as them as far as gender goes mm-hmm. and falling in love with them they've lived their whole life being heterosexual mm-hmm. and they fall in love with with someone the same gender as them and get married to them. Mm-hmm. And now they live a homosexual life. And it's just, it's made me understand that everything is ever evolving. You'll find that person that can change your mind or you could find that person that could change your mind. And it really opened my mind to having an open mind to not look at something and say, it's is set in stone. Cause mm-hmm. you know, looking back six years when I first took your class mm-hmm. six years ago, crazy yes, it is. <laughs> I'm like is that right yeah six years ago taking your class so many things in my life I thought were concrete this is who I am this is what I want this is where I will be 
Mm-hmm. And none of that is <laughs> what, I, <laughs> what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like all these rules that I had thrown out the window. Like the only things I ever kept were like, I will never, I will, will never be with someone who smokes or chews. That's like just, that's, that's a stop for me. <laughs> that's a hard, a hard red for me right there. <laughs> um, other than that, everything else has been thrown out the window. And understanding that I can change mm-hmm. and that I can choose to be one thing or another and some things I have no control over and cannot choose and just kind of being there to to enjoy the ride and to follow the flow and not not get myself stuck somewhere. So just understanding that I'm ever-changing, learning, and experiencing new things. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> We we could make that uh, sextra credit, I think. <laughs> so um, each week we give an assignment on this explanations podcast of something that people can do, we can do before the next episode comes out. And I think it would be fun to have people think about how they identify now and where they think they're going to be in six years and then challenge themselves to open minds and explorations of their identities and their, their paths to see what their their six year mark will actually look like. <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. Yeah. What what are you going to learn in the next six years that will alter your your identity? That's a big thing to change. It is. I mean the biggest thing is just having an open mind for me. Because when I came into school I I thought I had an open mind and I did not. Yeah, I think that that's actually a very common experience because I can think back to when I was a freshman in college and just how cocky I was. I thought I knew so much. I'm I'm going to teach the university how to, <laughs> to hire the educators and I'm going to teach the educators how to instruct me and I just like a mess of a person. But uh, like you said, also open-minded enough to let people school me, <laughs> put yeah. me in my place. Yeah. And also understanding that we make mistakes. And to be willing to to actively try to fix those mistakes is a big thing, too, along with open-mindedness. I learned that a lot when I was learning about the transgender community. So there's a lot that I, I do not understand still. Mm-hmm. And things that I said and did that would be social faux pas with the transgender community that I learned from. Mm-hmm. That I asked people, I don't know about your community, so teach me. If I say something that's offensive, if I say something that's wrong or mean or whatever, I probably did not mean it that way. Mm-hmm. And if you could please tell me, I will learn from it and make sure I never do it again. So being able to look with an open mind and understand that you're going to make mistakes, but be willing to change and and make fix amends. those mistakes <laughs> and make amends. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. That's That's what I would say is is the way to go in life personally at my 25 years of age right now. That's what I've discovered. (laughs) And I have a lot more to discover. (laughs) Yeah, we'll check back in at 31 and and see where you're at. Yeah. So much learning. So much learning is happening. And, you know, the line is, right, like the more you learn, the more you realize how little you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that's really true. Want to do kegels? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just 
just out of left field. Let's do kegels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, mm, let, let's get the physical body into this exciting movement. Yeah, so we've just been sitting on the couch staring at each other for the, yeah. the last like half well, hour. Well, you, you're lounging because you just got a new tattoo. I did. Yes. And so, you're, yeah, you're, you look like you're very in your body. <laughs> and I'm just having this mental experience of, oh, yeah, all those things that I thought I knew but I was wrong about and all these things that I hope for my future self and just trying to be in the present. And I think a way to do that is... It's kegels. Okay. <laughs> How do you get into the present? Do kegels. Um, so are you are you a singer? Am I remembering that correctly? Yes. Yes. Can I put I, you on the spot and have you sing us a kegel song or something? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if I could do that. I I, I know about kegels, but I don't know everything. Because you're also a dancer. Yes. And I was thinking, oh, could we get M to dance? But, okay, maybe Em will sing. <laughs> um, even if you just sang the word kegels over and over, and every time you said it, we just did a, we drew our pubic coccygeus muscles, that whole pelvic flooring that stops us and starts us from urinating or queefing or defecating or whatever. We just draw into our bodies, and then as you're doing the ing part, or not the ing. I'm thinking about queefing, but we're doing kegels, <laughs> the ghouls part of it. Then we would relax and like let it fall, and and then <laughs> then Am sings keg again, and then we draw it in. And okay, okay, I'm done. Are you really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is so exciting. I came on your show. I'm down to do anything. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, just whenever. Yeah. How many are you gonna do? Uh, let's do like four or five. Okay, four or five. Okay, okay. How how long do you want to hold them for? However long you tell us to with your beautiful voice. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take my choker off though because it always makes it weird when I sing because it like I feel like it constricts my throat because okay. I've worn it when in the car when I'm singing alone to Lady Gaga and yeah. I mean, you can sing Lady Gaga too. I don't know <laughs> if there's any restrictions on that. <laughs> But yeah, I don't we'll want do to get you in trouble. <laughs> I'll just just praise her name, but not don't sing anything because I don't want you to get in trouble by her lawyers. <laughs> okay. okay, ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do the kegels. Kegels. Now let's go and breathe. And kegels, let's do the kegels and rest. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad you're great at singing. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad you appreciate my voice. I Hopefully, do. I wasn't too like flat or anything. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. I was. It's like I've never heard Emily sing, and so this could go lots of different ways. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely wasn't expecting to be like, "Hey, um, will you be on my show today?" Oh yeah, sure. Okay, well I'm gonna have you sing. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> while you squeeze your crotch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it worked really well. It was almost like my vagina was dancing. Like, you know, uh, that's fabulous. Ballroom dancing, yes. doing a dip at the end. It was great. <laughs> Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Um, okay, so we've done sex to credit. We've done kegels. I want to 
um, give a special thanks to the Patreon supporters, Ben, Donna, Paul, and the Millers, who make this show possible at patreon.com slash explanations podcast. A lot of people join them in that, and anybody can be a part of it, too. Uh, also, thanks to Callie from Cinema Studios and Complexly for production, to Count Boogie for the jingles, and Emily, M, you for being on the show. How magnificent of you to share your sexuality with us today. Well, thank you for having me. It is quite an honor to, like I said, I've been behind the scenes so so often in the past yeah. on the YouTube channel. It's, it is an honor to actually be on the show in some respect now. Aww. It's great. Yay. I'm very happy. I've been excited. You can ask anybody I've been talking about all week. Oh, my God, I'm going to be on Lindsay's show. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> cool. Well, you want to say the tagline with me then? Oh. Do you know it's Ancora Amparo? It means I'm still learning. Ancorum Amparo? Ancora. A N C O R A space Amparo. I M P A R O. Ancora Amparo? Yep. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. Ancora Amparo. Yay. <laughs>